I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. Hello and welcome back to the FT's Arts Podcast. I'm Jan Daly, the FT's Arts Editor, and with me is our arts writer, Peter Aspen. What we're going to talk about today is the history of the world in a hundred objects, a radio series delivered by Neil McGregor, the British Museum's director, 15-minute episodes, each one talking about an object in the museum's collection which had particular resonance internationally, culturally, in terms of the history of art, the history of cultures, and revealing this extraordinarily encyclopedic museum. It was, as many people are calling it, a surprise hit. One of the entertaining things that they decided to do was not tell anybody what the hundredth object would be, and it was revealed last week. Peter, tell us what it was. Yes, well, there was a slight air of... um almost anticlimax, perhaps bathos is a better word for it, when it was finally unveiled. It was um, a solar lamp, a portable solar lamp, with an attached mobile phone charger, which is um, being widely used in Africa. And everyone had been predicting some kind of iPad-type thing, you know, one of these glossy new fetishistic objects that we all desire so much. But no, I think almost... Perversely, Neil McGregor chose something which looks very visually uninteresting, but of course which has an extraordinary impact on hundreds of thousands, millions of people. A solar-powered lamp, the ability to harness the sun, bringing energy and light to people who have never had any access to it at all. And of course the mobile phone charger, which makes them literally able to communicate with each other for the first time. And it was particularly extraordinary, wasn't it, that this rather anticlimactic object in terms of of physical beauty came after a run of, well, we had Renaissance jewels and we had an extraordinary little ivory tablet which was attached to the sandal of the King of Egypt, objects of great preciousness and antiquity. So several people thought that this one was somehow a great come down. But it was very much something that fulfilled the brief, like other things on the shortlist of, of, yeah, of possible objects. Absolutely. I mean, this series is about ideas and stories. It's not about objects. Neil McGregor was making a point here that a museum is not just to look at beautiful objects. It's somewhere to look at different stories, sometimes conflicting stories, and the stories these tell. For example, another object on the shortlist, which I loved, actually, was Didier Drogba's Chelsea shirt. Um, Didier Drogba's Chelsea shirt is, um, let me get this right, a shirt that was manufactured in China by a German company to be worn by a West African player who learned his trade in France and came to England to play for a Russian-owned club. Is there any object that better tells the story of globalisation than Didier Drogba's Chelsea shirt? Well, that would have been a pretty fantastic hundredth object. The point about the distractingness, if you like, of physical beauty is quite an interesting one when you think about his choice of medium, because 
of course, many people immediately said at the beginning, why on earth do you put something which is about physical objects on the radio as opposed to being on television? But it turned out to be a fantastic move, partly because Neil McGregor is a brilliant talker and partly because it actually freed him from the need to choose spectacularly beautiful objects. And in forcing us to imagine the object that he's describing, which he did so well, it was even more intense. Yeah. I mean, these little 15-minute nuggets were really, really something. Tell me some of your other favourites. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, just to follow up on that point, I think um, I think it is, as you say, counterintuitive. And I think it could be a profound moment for, in the history of broadcasting, actually, because I, I, I know several people, I'm, I'm one of them, who actually get rather distracted by some of the tricks that directors get up to when they cover culture. I'm not sure television covers culture terribly well, ironically. We get these obligatory, strange camera angles and the sort of travelogue beautiful scenes, and it doesn't always work. And as as you say, this was stripped down to pure description. It made you listen to him, and of course he has such a compelling story to tell. Um, I had lots of... Uh, there were some fabulous objects, and one of my favourites, again, because of the story it tells rather than for its intrinsic beauty was um, a Chinese Han Dynasty lacquer cup, um, about the size of a mango, as uh, as Neil McGregor described it. Um, it was beautiful, but what was the most interesting thing about it to him and to me, actually, was that it had the names of six craftsmen on the bottom of it and seven product inspectors. And the idea today that this whole bureaucratic layer would be celebrated for producing something beautiful. Well, of course, we think in a completely different way. If you look at last week's spending cuts, for example, again and again we hear this attack on bureaucracy, layers of bureaucracy. And here we are, this civilization which holds the craftsmanship of the object in such high regard that it names not only the people who made it, but the people who checked that it truly was beautiful. I love that. <laughs> Checking and beautiful, yes. The Arts Council... Um probably a timely moment to mention the dreaded spending cuts. This project was a collaboration between two publicly funded institutions, the BBC and the British Museum, and it probably proved quite lucrative for both in indirect ways because they have to do their marketing as they can with um, spin-off products and beautiful websites and so on. And, of course, you couldn't get a better advertisement for a museum and for the inclusiveness of a museum, and you couldn't get a better rationale for this kind of museum as encyclopedia. As we know, the British Museum is going to take 15% hit over four years. Um, the BBC, well, goodness knows what will happen to the licence fee. Do you think that this series actually pointed the way to a different kind of thinking about museums? I hope so, and also a different kind of thinking about the BBC. I mean, yes, I think the point, it, it's such a natural partnership, and it's it's surprising in a sense that nobody thought of doing this kind of thing before. It wasn't just a broadcast, of course, it was an enormous internet project. People were encouraged from all around the world, there were school projects, to find little objects that meant something to them, to tell their own stories. So it was very interactive, in a, to use a very fashionable word, but it really did tick all those boxes as well. And amazing outreach, more than 10 million podcast downloads, uh, 3.9 million listeners. It, it really does point the way forward. And, and after all, not a very expensive series to make but beautifully done nonetheless. 
Yes, the presenter is already on the payroll. It had almost universal acclaim. There are people who are bound to be snippy. Um, One of them, perhaps predictably, was Janet Street Porter, who wrote that she found Neil McGregor irritatingly self-satisfied and that each uh, nugget was ponderously delivered with a huge plug for the British Museum. Not sure why it shouldn't be plugging the British Museum. The point really is that she ended by saying a massive build-up led to the unveiling of a cheap solar lamp made in China. Big deal. In other words, she just didn't get it. No, she she didn't get it because it is, as I said before, about the stories. And this has tremendously important implications for the idea of the museum. The museum is not somewhere where you just go to travel to look at beautiful objects. It's a place where all these different stories about the world cross-pollinate and conflict with each other. It's a kind of sacred space, almost a church-like space, where you come in and you have to decide and judge on these different stories. And this, just as a final thought, is the justification for keeping the Elgin marbles, for keeping the Cyrus cylinder, even if you possibly dangerously lend it to Iran for a little while. Do you think that it's an argument that holds up? It certainly holds up. Whether I completely agree 100% with it is a different matter, but it holds up. And the important thing to say about Neil McGregor is that he is the first person to make that argument very strongly. Um, Previous British museum directors, for example, on the issue of the marbles, have just said various versions of tough luck. We've got it. You haven't. Neil McGregor is the first really to give a very compelling and rational reason for why it's important to keep all these things in one place. Well, you can read Peter's columns on the marbles and much else on ft.com. Unfortunately, now that's all we've got time for. So thank you very much for listening. And please tune in again to the Arts Podcast. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.